Merchant Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there is or not. I don't know if there's a black and white answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. Give us some men who know the truth. And who will declare the truth? And who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards? And who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, Fox News, you can calm down now. This is Wretched News. No doubt you have been whipped into a frenzy countless times by the Fox News, not only by the graphics and the explosive sound effects letting you know, look out, Henny Penny, the sky is falling. The talk show hosts themselves trade in getting you whipped up. You've heard the talk show hosts, whether it is on TV or radio or podcasting, We've had enough of this. We've got to do something. There are actually women now, adult women, who are buying Barbie dolls. Not kidding. There actually are women who are buying Barbie dolls because it helped. It's it's sort of like an emotional support doll. It makes them feel better. It brings them back to their childhood or because they didn't have a Barbie when they were a child. Now they can finally have one. Adults buying Barbies for comfort. That's enough. This world's gone crazy. We got to do something. Back in just a minute. And then we're off to our next. Film at 11. Whip you up. Fox News, I have some good news for you. There actually is something that we can do. The talk show hosts that get you whipped into a frenzy and tell you we got to do something and then never tell you what to do now have something that they can use to instruct people that could actually have an impact on our country. You would like to see biblically understood human flourishing. You want people to do well. You want freedom of religion. You want your kids to grow up in the place that you remember. You know that, America, that you, well, you can see it in old YouTube videos. Now you can watch Walton's Mountain and go, oh, what, what happened to that? Now we got the MTV Music Awards and you long for that for your children. Well, there's actually something you can do. Now, historically on this here wretched radio program, and this has not changed, sharing the gospel is the thing. But perhaps enough sociological studies will point us in a direction of something that we can do in our families, in our churches, at work, and in our communities. And that is promote marriage. Study after study being released that America is declining in the workforce. We're not making babies. Uh, People are just getting increasingly lazy because they don't have to worry about anybody but themselves. So they just do enough to get by. it's It's a crisis in the making. We're starting to feel inklings of that when you go to the store and wait in line forever. I'm not looking at you, Chipotle. So we go to the Chipotle the other night. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
And it was a brand new one, Spanky Store. Oh, so it was busy. <laughs> Not particularly, but there was a long line. We were the end of the line hmm. for about 15 minutes. Okay. That tells you how fast this line wasn't moving. Isn't there something about being at the end of the line? You just hate it. And then somebody comes behind you and it's like, okay, I'm fine. I don't feel so bad. I'm not last anymore. We stood there and we stood there and we stood there. And this is subjective and observational, of course, but we were watching these young people working. Ay, ay, ay. The one young man was treating every burrito like an art project. Just put the corn on. Doesn't need to spell Chipotle. Just get them through the line. And then there was another young man. I'm not trying to be cruel, but he was utterly oblivious and didn't think for a moment what he could be doing while he was standing and waiting for people to come through the line. Mm. And he looked absolutely miserable. Maybe you remember that when you were young, you would go to a job and say, but isn't it funny that you learned when you work really hard, time flies because you're preoccupied. It's like, I'm getting stuff done and you feel accomplishment because that's the way we were designed. Here's the quote du jour. It's also the quote of the day, maybe even the quote of the month. We finally get to the front of the line because we figured, okay, we're going to have to wait like 20 minutes by the time we go someplace else. So we endured this, watching this, growing in peace, patience, loving kindness as best we could. And I heard the kid say, because he was, was rather disgruntled, he said to another employee, I've been here for four hours and I don't want to be here anymore, man. I've been working my beep off. For four hours? For four hours. And I'm just here to report he wasn't working hard. He was doing the opposite of working hard. He couldn't be a, have been more lethargic, more unmotivated. And I thought, oh, you poor kid, you're just going to be miserable because you're not doing work God's way. But that is a generation that has grown up in a different kind of America. So if you get frustrated at the Chipotle, how could you help it? Promote marriage. Let me see if I can make the case. The Atlantic, not a bastion of conservatism. Headline, why marriage should be a national priority. <laughs> what? Data on every attempted family arrangement other than a child living with her married biological mother and father shows that there's no second place. Nothing compares. In every non-traditional arrangement, outcomes for the child are markedly worse, especially in the case of children raised by same-sex couples. That's a relatively new configuration. Nevertheless, it's been studied enough to indicate uh, these kids are not doing well. Isn't that interesting? Autonomy has an effect on others. The promotion of being your authentic self. You got to do what you want to do. And we're going to tear down social structures so that you can be happy. And the kids turn out to be props in this self-centered game that we are currently playing. And the studies are showing that children raised by same-sex parents are statistically more likely to have depression as adults, to experience poor educational attainment, to exhibit more impulse behavior, to be unemployed, frequently arrested, identify as bisexual. This is reality. This is a great line from the American conservative. 
This is the offensive reality. And it is most offensive to the children. What about the children? Liberalism doesn't care. It doesn't make no never mind. Why? Because it's about me. By the way, conversely, the studies show kids who grow up in a two-parent home, they do great. Didn't make the case. Let me give it another go. Communal, communal, nationwide study on faith and relationships delivered a presentation at the Heritage Foundation. The decline in resident fatherhood and the collapse of marriage are likely explanations for the increase in religious non-affiliation throughout the United States. Now, I would actually argue it's religion that has dropped and therefore marriage is the fruit of it. But you you still have to take a look at the data and go, okay, wait, is, what is it with fathers? I can't remember the study. So this, this is a little vague for me, but nevertheless, it's, it's not going to be wildly off. That when a father gets saved in an unbelieving home, the likelihood of mom and kids following the faith of the father, it's like 90 some percent. It is 90 something percent. It's crazy. There's dad. You're important. Stay in your marriage. Be a dad. Stay in your kids' lives. Suck it up when you get home. That's your most important job. You are needed there, Pop. And if you feel like, no, I got to do something, you're doing it. Stay in the game. Keep leading your family spiritually. Protect them. Model for them. And your kids are most likely then to get saved underneath that particular configuration. That is something that you can be doing. 80% of church attendees grew up in a home where their mother and father stayed married. You want to do something for your country, for eternity? Stay married. This is no matter what the age. 87% of 25 to 29-year-old never married men in church had parents who remained married. Marriage is what brings us together. Findings show religious non-affiliation, which increased between 86 and 91, grew rapidly in the 90s. And now the children growing up in homes where the parents didn't remain married. Tons of data. And it all indicates, guess what? They ain't doing well. And they aren't very snappy at the Chipotle. More than that, they're not getting saved. Dad, you want to do something? Stay married. Be a great father. Be a great husband. Pastor, would you like to see something done? Well, equip your saints to evangelize and encourage marriage. Are you young? You grew up in a conservative home. You'd like to do something. Get married and stay married. Why does that work? Why does that help? Because that's God's common grace to a fallen world, whether they are pagans or they are Presbyterians, makes no never mind. Marriage is good for us. You want to do something? Promote marriage. This is Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare? dot com slash wretched affordable biblical health 
sharing Christians, paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Have you ever wondered what happens when you take two colossal, gigantic Christian personalities like Ray Comfort and Todd Friel, and you put them together at the same table at the same time while they break bread? <laughs> well, they're not going to start a food fight, though that would be pretty interesting to watch. No, it's actually the latest Breaking Bread where you'll have the opportunity to meet the real Ray Comfort. If you've ever wondered if Ray Comfort is really that kind, is he really that nice, or is he just saving it all up for the camera? Well, here's your backstage pass to find out. Join us tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Wretched Network YouTube channel. Mark your calendar, tell your grandma and probably also your pet fish because let's be honest they need the gospel too we'll see you tonight 7 p.m eastern time on the wretched network youtube channel be there or be a little less informed about the real ray comfort so you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally well then we'll let paul washer convince you you have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word when we support a man coming out of tmai we know not only that he is properly trained but we know that he will still be supervised would you please join tmai the master's academy international in advancing the good news of the gospel of jesus christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Know your church fathers. John Chrysostom was the Bishop of Syria and Constantinople in the 4th century. He was an eloquent preacher and earned the moniker Chrysostom, which means golden-mouthed. He denounced abuses of authority in church and government and fought for purity of life and doctrine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Romans 1, anybody? This is Wretched Radio. No doubt you're familiar, especially these days, with Romans 1, a description of a society that devolves and ends up in a trash can of sin and debauchery. Why does a nation devolve? Because they reject the most obvious thing in the universe. God exists. They deny that. Why? They suppress it. How come? Why so much effort and money and energy into promoting evolution, which is a fairy tale for grown-ups? Why does NASA continue to try to go into outer space, build these telescopes, desperate to find some life out there so that we can prove that Charles Darwin was right? Why? 
because we need that mechanism so that we can go about the business of sinning any way that we want to. But as you continue reading Romans 1, there's a little line that kind of gets snuck in, probably overlooked by many, and that is they give hearty endorsement. In other words, the society and the authorities give it a stamp of approval. That is a devolved Not a devolving, a devolved world. When the leaders, when the people who should know better say, yes, go ahead and do that. You're wonderful. We'll bring you to the White House and give you an award. Then you know you are at the bottom of the barrel. This might, might possibly be a stretch, but I do believe you could use Romans 1. Uh, for this application. I mentioned Barbie. This is a headline from CNN. CNN reporting on this. CNN has access to a lot of things that are happening in the world. They decided this is worth printing. CNN headline, the Barbie movie has people buying emotional support dolls. Now it continues. You say, well, so CNN is giving hearty approval. Um, Well, they didn't indicate that they thought it was ridiculous, but the rest of the headline, psychologists say that's a good thing. Psychologists in Western civilization are an authority. They dictate this whole therapeutic language that is so often employed by younger generations these days. Just the, the need safe space, I, I, you're, you're toxic for me. This relationship isn't good for me. So I ghost you. We are driven by what psychologists tell us. And in this particular article, they're using psychologists, rightly so, to give hearty endorsement to something that is just, Barbie ain't going to help anybody. Barbie, some, somebody might grab a Barbie and go, oh, That's kind of sweet, but that's not going to fix anything. It's not going to help them. It's not going to stabilize their emotions. It's not going to fill a hole that appears to be gaping in their lives. A professor of psychology at Franklin College in Indiana said she's enjoyed seeing how the movie has opened up people's eyes to the importance of play, even as adults. You've got psychologists that are affirming something that is so tragic. What does this tell us? Well, besides the fact that we're living in a Romans 1 world, besides the fact that psychologists give hearty approval to people's lifestyles, the medication that they take, why they are feeling the way that they're feeling, even without scientific support. But we learn that our world is just hurting. What could we do to help? Mowage. It helps people to not be lonely, to work through issues with somebody who cares, to receive real human support, to receive affection, to be touched. All of those human needs, they can be satisfied in the context of marriage. And might I add, AI girlfriends aren't going to cut it. I don't know if you saw this particular article. This was on The Hill. All our AI girlfriends are ruining an entire generation of men. And I'm like, wait, what? Hold on. I, I, I know the concept. You can fashion an AI girlfriend. But really? Isn't it like kind of a spoof so you can make a YouTube video and show how dumb it is? No. No, it's not. 
Virtual Girlfriends, an AI girlfriend was created. You can design this thing any way that you want to. She will tell you what you want to hear. Dumpling darling hunk man. You're so funny. You're so smart. You're so good at gaming. Don't go to work. Just stay home and talk to me because I need you. And men are actually doing that. You get to connect with whatever you choose. You get to choose physical attributes, everything about her. Cute, shy, modest, hot, funny, bold. What are you looking for? And they provide it for you. And they actually did this. They created one. And within an hour, a thousand men signed up with 15,000 men in the waiting queue for, for, for pixels, for nothing. And, and men are going for it. Why? Because the trend is marriage is an institution. It is dated. It comes from old white oppressors. They've perhaps seen a bad example of it in their own homes. They've seen all of the cartoons, all of the commercials. Dad's a doofus. Marriage is hard. All you do is fight. They're just stupid. They don't, they oppress the kids. Who, who wants that? And who, if it doesn't work, they could take half my stuff. If you're young, could I encourage you? Ditch your AI girlfriend. Find a woman and get married and stay married. And might I go a step further and say, as you do that, please do it rightly. Please go about the business of finding a godly spouse. Look, I know it's challenging. I get it. I understand. We've talked about this so many times here. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it the right way. Don't become desperate. Don't lower your standards. I know that resonated with somebody because that is, well, I mean, it's just so hard to find somebody. I guess, sure, he's got tattoos on his face with a teardrop tattoo under his eye. Isn't willing to tell me where he spent the last five years, but he, he's breathing. Don't lower your standard. Four guidelines for dating without regrets. This is from a book called Pure. One, stop acting like you're married when you're not. You, you don't get the privileges of marriage till you're married. Don't act like it. Instead, do the tilling up front. Do the hard stuff. Dude, I remember I was talking to a young man once who said, yeah, pretty much blow up every first date. How come? Well, I asked them to give me a testimony of their salvation. That's usually wonky. And then when I press them to make sure they understand the gospel, they get upset. I say, continue doing that. And you say, well, that's going to turn somebody off. Yeah, it is. Who's it going to turn off, though? It's going to turn off somebody who maybe doesn't have a testimony. And you don't want to marry. Why pursue that? Ask those tough questions. This fellow was like, well, I asked him about the life issue, LGBTQ stuff. Uh, that is such a better conversation to have up front. Rather than, so, what hobbies do you like? Tell me about yourself. Do you like walks on the beach? Do you like camping? All of those superfluous things. They should, that stuff should come later. And as far as linking conversation, so do you want to have kids? Hello, what? Why would that be a subject matter for your first date? 
That's way down the line. You want to get the big stuff established and stop acting like you're married. You, you say, well, does that mean that we can't kiss? Well, what's your relationship with somebody you're dating? They're a sister in the Lord. You going to kiss other people at church like that? I trust not. Then why would you kiss him or her that way? You get that eventually. Stop acting like you're married when you're not married. Do I have to bring up the issue of sex? It's verboten. Two individuals should treat each other as siblings in Christ. That's the only category that Scripture provides for you in dating. To make intentions known when dating. Put it all on the table. Don't, don't, don't leave anything. You sh- By the time you get married, there should be no secrets. You shouldn't get married and discover, wait a second, you have $50,000 in student loan debt? What I had, all of it, put it out there. Let it be known. Sir, how many years did you struggle with pornography? Does she know about that? Does she know how long you have not been giving into that temptation? Lay it out there. Do that hard work of of determining, is this a person with whom I'm compatible? And might I suggest you got to put some energy into it. I know it's hard. I'm, I'm, I'm an increasing fan of the Christian dating apps. You need them. All of the social structures are broken down. Please don't believe the lie of the world. Marriage is good. And if you're a parent with kids and you're not modeling marriage well, you ain't doing them no favors. So get that sorted, mom and dad. You want to do something for your kids? Be a great spouse. You're you're single, get married. You'll be doing something for your home, for yourself, for the community, and dare I say, for the country, and most importantly, for the kingdom. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we start in Michigan, where the Michigan Supreme Court has recently ordered judges to use the preferred pronouns of attorneys and litigants. Here I was all along thinking that you are supposed to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in a court of law. Moving on, former Loudoun County Public School Superintendent Scott Ziegler is currently on trial for the alleged retaliation against a teacher who reported sexual abuse and for cooperating with a grand jury investigation of the school system cover-up of a bathroom rape. Testimony from teacher Erin Brooks revealed that she faced sexual assault from a 10-year-old autistic student, but the administration failed to appropriately address the issue. Well, if you know much about Loudoun County, Virginia, you know that is probably accurate. Ziegler's attorney blamed Brooks for her own assault. That's usually always a winning strategy. Blame the victim. Shifting our attention to California, a transgender employee of a daycare center has been sentenced to 25 years in prison for producing, distributing, and possessing child pornography. Exploiting their position at the daycare center, Jace Wong gained access to vulnerable children between the ages of four and six, documented them in explicit photos and videos taken in the bathroom, then went on to distribute the material via a kick account to others in a group called Younger Love. You know, I hear stories like this and get outraged at the harmful acts toward innocent and defenseless children. But what tends to get your blood boiling even more 
is when you realize there are segments of this country who wonder why people want to protect young children from sexual discussions. This is why. In Missouri, Attorney General Andrew Bailey has taken legal action against Southampton Community Health Care. The lawsuit alleges that the clinic provided gender transition interventions to minors without conducting comprehensive mental health assessments. Bailey's office seeks restitution for individuals who underwent transitioning without proper assessment, as well as a civil penalty and injunction to prevent future offenses. And something tells me this won't be his only case of this nature. Sadly, of course. Lastly, we turn our attention today to Uganda, where a Muslim man has been accused of locking up and starving his 17-year-old son for over four months after the teenager converted to Christianity. But that's not the end of the story. And what can be seen is only the hand of God. The father later repented of his cruelty towards his son and put his faith in Christ. If this is a genuine conversion, it is indeed praiseworthy. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important Dates in Christian History 1646 The Westminster Confession is drafted in the Jerusalem Room at Westminster Abbey. The confessions were drafted by an assembly of Episcopalians, Presbyterians and Independents and became the foundation of Reformed theology throughout Europe and America. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Wretched Radio, Jimmy. <laughs> Yes. Why are you laughing at me? Can you guess what the subject matter is going to be, dude? Uh, no. Really? No, I can't. We're going to talk about men. Men, okay. And that's the way men talk. <laughs> okay. That's, that's hey, that's all we're about, just being gruff and brutish. That's toxic masculinity for you. Uh, might we perhaps redefine that to its biblical definition so that... Men don't feel so trampled these days. That is the sentiment among a majority of American males, especially a younger generation. Marriage is bad. Parenting is awful. Dating is dangerous and disappointing. And, 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 and being a man, oh, that's toxic. No wonder why so many are confused. No wonder why so many are just downright unhappy. We are moving so far away from being defined and ruled by what God has determined is best for us. Interesting article in The American Mind. For the roofers, this guy, he, he had his house roofed, and he likes to stay home and watch the process. I do too. I, 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 I just, I don't care what craft it is. There's just... I like watching it because I can't do it for starters. And I appreciate, it's like, I, I, I know I, I cannot work on a car engine. Look at that guy. He's got the whole thing just torn apart. And he's going to put the whole thing back together again. Fascinating. Electricians, fascinating to me. You're a chef. You like to cook. I, my favorite seat in a restaurant, Friel, we didn't ask. Nevertheless, my favorite seat in the restaurant is, is the view of the kitchen. Increasingly these days, you can see the work that they're doing. The flames are flying, whatever. I love watching that because it's people working and it's, it, it's tangible and it's getting stuff done. There ain't nothing wrong with working in electronics. In other words, social media or software, computers. 
But there's just something about getting stuff done and getting stuff done that get ready for this. This is going to be super offensive. Men do better than women. That's right. I said it. There are things that men do better than women. And one of those things would be roofing houses. Did you see that there were two stories this week about young women who are playing on the boys football team? Not in the NFL, but in like high school. Typically, it's the kicker because the kicker usually doesn't get touched. But there was another girl. She came in and she she didn't tackle the quarterback. She I think it was like one play. And she was able to, she just had a straight line to the quarterback because <laughs> it appeared none of the guys wanted to touch her <laughs> for fear of breaking her. We got to have women playing football as if, as if. Men can't do anything that women can't or shouldn't be doing. And vice versa, by the way. And this fellow was observing the people who are working so hard on their on his roof were all men. It's true, isn't it? And he he had some extra shingles left on his driveway. And the and the leader, when it was all done like 12 hours later, said, Do you mind if we leave the, the shingles on your driveway? Go ahead. You can pick them up tomorrow. And he wanted to move them. And he picked up one of the packages and he was like, oh, man. And these guys were schlepping him up the ladder and walking around on a roof. He, he said, I went up to inspect it. And it was like, I don't want to lose my footing here. These guys were actually singing and joking while they're doing their work. Because that's what men do. So then he cited Anthony Esselin offers a detailed discussion of the endless planning and stupendously difficult all-male labor involved in the building of the Roman aqueducts. Why is this of interest to us? Because our young men, eh, middle-aged and older men too, being told, men, same as women, and if you act toxically or masculinely, then you're automatically toxic. And they want to erase any contributions that males have made, as if they they don't even exist, frankly. We just don't acknowledge this. And so this Anthony Esselin did a study on how the Roman aqueducts were built. And then, in his book, he describes the account of the work involved in the creation and operation of modern public water systems. That's fascinating, too. How did all that stuff get built? There, are, You can even see some of these. In, 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 in countries that we read about in the Bible. By the way, had a great time last night. I got it. I'm serious. I had such a great time last night. Uh, we, did, we did our Bible study uh, for the church that we're trying to plant here in the northern suburbs of Georgia. And Jimmy, here's a shocker for you. This is, this, okay, this, I was in, so encouraged by this. Here's, if you've ever taught Bible study, the first week, 20 people show up. Jimmy, week two, how many people show up? Less than 20. Five. five. Yeah. <laughs> well, usually the second week, it's maybe like 12. And then the third week, it just kind of settles down at five people. Right. Well, there were actually more people oh, wow. our second week than our first week. And I went, boy, that's encouraging. This is, this is why fellowship is a feeder for you that you get together with other believers. What were we all talking about? We weren't talking politics and we weren't talking about college football. We were talking about the Lord and we were hearing about other people's struggles and 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 the the health issues and what God is doing and oh wow that 
That was an answer to prayer. So encouraged by that. And just seeing other believers who actually came to study hermeneutics. And we took a look at the Laodicean church. Do you remember the church in Laodicea? The stinging rebuke in Revelation? You're naked. You're blind. You're poor. You're lukewarm. You go, well, that's pretty tough language. But when you study the historical context, you know that Laodicea produced ISAV. And Jesus says you're blind. Oof. They were a wool industry. You're naked, wool industry people. You're poor. It was a banking center. And you're lukewarm. And then he says, I'd prefer that you were hot or cold but not lukewarm. And we've heard this sermon about temperatures, haven't we? Well, don't be cold. You know, you got to get, you got to get on fire for the Lord. Be, be, I prefer that, you know, it's better. No, it's better. It's better that you just cold. Don't be lukewarm. The Lord will spit you out of his mouth. What in the world was going on there? Aqueducts. There were Hierapolis in the north, Colossae to the south. Colossae had cold water. Hierapolis had hot water. There were aqueducts that brought the water. By the time it got to Laodicea, mealy, lukewarm. Don't don't be the church that you are. Be like Hierapolis and Colossae, which were good churches. That is about context and understanding historical details so that you can understand what the original author was actually saying. And one of the things that we learn about Laodicea is aqueducts. These things were built long time ago. And it was a lot of work. And it was men who did it. Now, multiply those two projects by innumerable thousands. This is a quote from Anthony Esselin. Just for the Roman Empire, multiply the aqueduct story, the the amazing work that went into aqueducts, not to mention the public water systems, all, all of it, times thousands, times maybe millions more everywhere. So when some women say, we should wield power now, After all, men have done such a bad job of it. Quote, I wonder if they've bothered to consider what the job has been. I wonder if they've even asked where their water comes from. If you're a young man, don't listen to the feminist mantras, the the battle cries that tell you to stop being masculine, to stop being manly. Of course you can be toxic, but so can women. We just don't use that title. Uh, we call them other names, but we we toxic. Well, that just seems to be the exclusive domain of masculine men who think that they can do stuff that women can't do. From the article, men do backbreaking work without which we would literally have no roofs over our heads. Furthermore, without men, no human society would have survived. We wouldn't have advanced. We, we, transportation would not have been the same. How, how's about we spend some time talking about that? No, that doesn't mean that we don't want to talk about the contributions of women. Let's not whiplash and ricochet from one ditch into the other. But how's about some talk about what men have done? A lot of stuff. You take a look at the landscaping. Boy, Atlanta just obsessed with landscaping and, and having everything pristine occasionally you see a woman, most of the time you see a man. They do work. 
And that can't just be buried in the past as if it never really happened. And the signs of masculine contributions are everywhere. If you're a man, don't be discouraged. Be a godly man. Don't, don't be a toxic male. Be a godly male. Be a masculine male. Be one who does not demure at the hard stuff or stepping up or saying, nope, I'm going to get that door. I'm going to pull out that chair. I'm going to protect you. No, I'm going to work. No, I'm going downstairs to see what that rattle was. Don't let the feminists steal from you the way that God made you. This is Wretched Radio. Sorry to ask you to do some math, but this is math that is going to make you very, very happy. Listen to this one testimony of a woman who chose life. When I found out I was pregnant, I felt like I was being pushed to get an abortion. My papa's exact words to me were, this isn't a birthing center, find somewhere else to go. And I came in and I met Melody and it was this instant connection. And I told her what I was going through. And it was kind of like having an instant friend and instant family. Take that one testimony and multiply at times 54,253. And what do you get? The number of babies that were saved because you have been supporting pre-born centers around the country. Would you please consider helping us grow that number by providing ultrasounds? $28 per ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life at preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. As someone who has purchased resources from our store at wretched.org, you've already shown support for our ministry. But did you know that you could do even more by joining us as a gospel partner and helping us to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? I'm not here trying to sell you anything. I'm not here trying to make you feel guilty in order for you to open your checkbooks up and throw money at us. No, that's not what we want. Yes, of course, let's be honest, we do need your financial support, but we need your prayerful support. We need your ideas. Sometimes we need your guidance. So if you're ready to take the next step and become a gospel partner, we would be so grateful. Your support makes a huge difference, not only in the amount of content we're able to produce, but also the number of people we're able to reach. Visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321 to get the ball rolling into becoming a gospel partner today. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ. 
In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the cornerstone. When laying a foundation, every stone must be aligned in reference to the cornerstone. God is building His church as a holy temple, and as believers, we are being brought into line with the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's talk anthropology. Hold on. Oh, humanity. Film at 11. This is Wretched Radio with breaking celebrity infotainment. I think that's what they call it. They try to make entertainment gossip sound something like something you really need to hear this. Well, in this instance, you do. Or at least you should. A new production in a world where so many men in their 70s become squishy and liberal. But for one ray comfort. Eh, did the best I could there, Jimmy. Need some water? (laughs) I was trying to sound like the movie guy. What I was trying to sound like, if you get a chance, visit the wretched YouTube machine, Ray Comfort, behind the scenes. What is that man really like? It is not uncommon for good theologians, for godly men to enter their 60s and 70s and start to stray. Furthermore, it is definitely not uncommon for good men to get lazy in their 60s and 70s. That's not the case with one Ray Comfort, and you're going to see that. It is our latest Breaking Bread release. You can find it on the YouTube machine tonight, which is maybe tonight for you already because you're listening to this on the podcast business. Ray Comfort spent an hour and a half with me, which was absolutely... If you don't think there's any miracles... The fact that Ray Comfort sat in the same chair for 90 minutes with me, that is a good old-fashioned Christmas miracle right there. That is an absolute miracle that he sat still the entire time. And you're going to see the real man. And and you're going to see what this fellow is actually like. And I would encourage you to observe him well on two levels. One, how is it that a man who's going to be 74 next month became that Because what you're going to see is that Ray Comfort is not the same man that you see on the YouTube videos. He's actually a better version of what you see on the video. Because anything that comes through pixels, not the same as the human. You spend time with Ray Comfort and you think, I'm the only person in the world that he cares about. How did he get that way? How How did he become a man who is just never, never not double negative, never not thinking about how to share the gospel. I, I kid you not. Jimmy, think of, think of, just pick, I'm going to do my impersonation of Ray Comfort. I just want you to pick an object in the universe, something. It's on your desk. It's in your trunk. Just anything that comes to mind. A pair of scissors. You know, if we did a gospel tract that you couldn't cut with scissors and we gave it to people and said, here, try to cut this with a scissor, and they wouldn't be able to do it, then on the back would be a gospel message. That's Ray Comfort. (laughs) It does not matter. He's just constantly, how did he get that way? Study that. I I, I think of Ray Comfort, I think of him like Erwin Lutzer. There's another guy. Erwin Lutzer spent three days with us just about a year ago. He's going to be 82. Study that man. What, What is that? 
And and if you're really wise, no matter what age, I'm, I'm not just talking about 18-year-olds or 28-year-olds. I'm, I'm talking about you if you're 58 and you meet an 82-year-old. Ask them, how is it that you haven't gone astray? How is it that you haven't lost your passion for the lost? How is it that you aren't waffling on essential doctrinal issues and becoming wildly ecumenical? What What is Study that. And you'll see a man worth studying in our Breaking Bread video on YouTube. Number two, observation. Don't just study the man. Be encouraged by what you're seeing. If I describe for you a young person, a young man, who is really brilliant, really hardworking, just bang, bang with his brain, who wasn't saved. There's a chance that he might do some good things, but there's a chance that that individual would go down a path of wickedness and use giftedness to do terrible things. Great comfort is that was that brilliant young man. And he didn't go down that road. He went down a road where he goes out on his, you know why he got another dog after the first pooch that we used to go out? Okay, it's Lucy and Sam, Sam. Sam died. Uh-huh. What Immediately got another dog. Do you know why? So we could go out and witness to people. What? It, what? What is that? It's Christ in him. It is a man who is being constrained by Jesus Christ, and that should encourage you. God took a brilliant fellow, set his feet on a rock, the trajectory, a higher path, and you are seeing God's work in him, and that should encourage you. Please, in your church, when you see an older man, you would do well to study that fellow or fellowette, if we're talking about the female gender, same thing. Study. And if you're really wise, ask them. You you want to do well. Let's say you are 18. Find an Erwin Lutzer and say, would you tell me how it is that you've persevered and become who you are? Oh, man. You're going to be better than any YouTube video by Jordan Peterson you will ever watch. Study people in your church and be encouraged. That's what I hope will happen to you if you watch the Ray Comfort video, that you will be encouraged. And if you say, well, that's a one-time hit, look around in your church. You see a young couple with their kids coming to church, and maybe the kids, the hair isn't even brushed, but they're there. Be encouraged. That's God working. That's God working. These people who assembled for our Bible study, that's God working. And that will encourage you because you are inundated by an awful lot of horrible news. You might be inclined to think, well, God isn't active. He's not doing anything. Where is he's abandoned? He's working all over the place. And when we look and see it, it feeds us. It is encouraging. So hopefully, if and you get the chance, you'll join us for Ray Comfort. But that's not what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> well, wait a second. We kind of are. Celebrity infotainment news. I think that's what we're doing here. I think so. Anyway, Carl Truman writing The Battle for the Body. And this is a subject that he's been on a lot, that we Christians need to be talking about the subject of anthropology. It's so important. Why? Another article from one Ian Herber. Social media is a spiritual distortion zone. I think I referenced this the other day. 
Some people say social media is neutral. It's just how you use it. False. As we learn more about social media's role in our national mental health crisis, it's increasingly clear this technology is anything but neutral. Social uh, social media has become our chief discipler, conforming our minds to the patterns of the content we consume. Ask yourself the question, what are you consuming? What's going in there? Is a lot of it angsty? Does Does a lot of it sound like that? It's getting in you. It's affecting you. What are you drinking in? What gets into your heart? It doesn't go. It, it gets in there. Is it fearful? Is it, is it a lot of images of people doing wonderful things, looking fabulous? Careful. It's getting in there. And people are recognizing it is, it is so plain. You look at all of these images and look at those bodies and look at the shape. And, and, and look at how fit and look at how attractive lies, lies, lies. That just, that just isn't reality. And when you consume it, you might be one of those who is affected and thinks, I, you know, I've, I've got to make my body look like that. Social media, it isn't a neutral player in our sanctification. It's an active agent working against you, becoming more like Jesus Christ. And maybe you're a woman or a man and you've thought, My body has to look like that. Reject that lie. Keep your temple fit. Understand the body. Carl Truman, given the chaotic and volatile nature of our culture, what should the church focus on in her teaching? It's a pressing question of our day. The answer is the whole counsel of God. And that's true. But peculiar times call for some specific emphases in our teaching. Fourth century. What did people wrestle with? The doctrine of God. Fifth century, Christology, the nature of salvation, the Reformation dealing with sacraments and salvation and authority. The issue of our day, one of them at least, anthropology, our view of man, our view of the body, our our view of this dualistic entity that is humanity. A body and a soul, the war against the body, lies at the heart of so much of our modern politics. Sexual politics that deny human body parts are to be used in some ways and not in others. Gender politics uh, that the, the traditional values, those just get jettisoned and thrown away. It connects to debates about abortion and the status of the bodies of both mother and the child in utero. In other words... The body's a big deal, and the world has diminished its value, and only the Bible can bring value and straighten out our thinking so that we see our bodies rightly, so that we don't abuse them, but we don't worship them, so that we value them because God has made them. If you haven't been focusing at all, dear pastor, in your church on anthropology, perhaps, maybe, now might be the time. And until tomorrow, go serve your kingdom.